Welcome to another episode of Crypto for Planners with Stephen Adam. And Adam, this week the regulators are they're they're mounting up, Steve. The regulators <laughs> are mounting up in true mounting up fashion. And the regulations are piling up. And this is what we're dealing with right now in crypto. So what we want to do on this episode is just give a high-level overview of the various attacks and regulations that are happening in crypto right now. And we're not going to dive too deep into any of them, but they're starting to get a little confusing with everything going on. So I thought we'd pick out kind of the major ones and walk through them. Uh, the first of which, uh, and really these, these have all been around for a while, but we wanted to cover the custody rule. Um, this is known as the safeguarding client assets because, of course, why wouldn't you take an attack and make it, make it sound like something super kind that you're doing to everybody? Uh, but advisors are referring to it as the custody rule. Um, and Adam, what's been happening on the custody rule? Well, you know, as you know, Steve, and, and I know you read through this, and I believe you, you already submitted comment, but the, what, it's 400 and something pages of the uh, safeguarding client assets rule, the, this uh, attempt by the SEC to kind of amend what we know of as the custody rule. Such such that there's you know a slightly more I don't know, clarification there, and what and what it boils down to is uh, quite a bit more work from the from RIAs from from anyone who's going to uh, not necessarily custody clients' assets, but have accounts where client assets are custodied and, and are able to manage those assets. As you and I know, you know we're able to exercise discretion over client assets, even though they're custodied with third parties. And so this is, you know, kind of an attempt by the SEC to, as I said, make some more clarifications. But in reality, it's, as we've seen, enact kind of more onerous rules over it. But I'm going to let you go into it a little more detail because I know you read the whole thing and even commented on it. So we, we can talk a little bit about what that what what new rules are going to be in place or or, um, or proposed and then how, you know, what that's going to do in the crypto realm. Yeah, I'm still a little shell-shocked from reading the 400, 434 pages. I have to admit, it's probably the first rule of that length I've, I've ever actually read. But I did go through it all. Um, and, and there's a few things happening. And one, there's some cleanup of the traditional system that's happening in there that, that's not altogether bad. There's, there's some um, updating of definitions, some clarifications of a few things. Um, and I think they, they kind of use that as the entry point to say, hey, it's so reasonable to then just lay the hammer to custodians. And so there's a, there's a few issues um, that, that are going on here. One, the SEC is trying to regulate custodians, which is to say they're trying to regulate banks. So SEC overreach is a big theme about all of these. And that is one of Commissioner Hester Purses, who are going to have on a stream here on Monday. That is one of her big uh, beefs with what the SEC is doing is we are outside of our jurisdiction, what are we doing here? And it, it's very obvious that's what's happening. I'm not sure what the counter argument to that is, but um, but they're indirectly regulating custodians and banks by telling investment advisors what they can and can't do. So they're limiting the types of investment, or, sorry, of custodians that we can work with as investment advisors. Uh, and that's really frustrating. And basically that is a um, indirect or maybe even direct attack on crypto, bunch of new requirements for investment advisors to do business. So um, that's what's happening on that front. And it's quite frankly, it's it's a little frustrating that they keep keep layering on um, more rules and regulations to what we have to do. And, and Steve, based on your, your reading of it, where where are where is the SEC fitting in, you know, so-called crypto custodians or exchanges to that rule? Where, where is it negatively affecting uh, those, you know, what we would you know, talking to something like Coinbase or Gemini, where are they fitting into that rule? 
Yeah, I think what they're doing is they're raising the stakes. So, so for example, my firm had to make a determination, is Gemini a qualified custodian? So we did our research and due diligence. We determined that they were. And what that allowed us to do and allows us to do currently is then go trade our clients' uh, crypto assets at Gemini and also build those accounts. They are basically making it nearly impossible for us to claim, or they're making it impossible for us to just say, yes, Gemini is a qualified custodian. Instead, we now have to have a written agreement with Gemini and they have to provide all these written assurances that are really just endless red tape in order to do business. And so what that does is it, it will scare most every crypto exchange away from doing business with investment advisors and banks of holding in any capacity because it won't be worth that worth it for them to take on the liability and uh, create the the bureaucracy <laughs> to, to, to deal with all this red tape and all these regulations that are created to do business with a very uncertain and skeptical advisor market. So uh, that, that's what we're seeing right now. And it's um, it's pretty frustrating. It seems, I guess the analogy I might give is uh, if you ever read The Firm way back in the 90s, yep. it's the equivalent of uh, trying to, uh, I guess, regulate the mafia out of existence by getting rid of their lawyers. Yeah. Right? If the yeah. mafia doesn't have lawyers to use, then they're not going to be able to move their money and have their, their agreements and everything. So you go, you go after the lawyers, right? Yeah. So this is kind of going after the custodians and therefore financial advisors, RIAs, uh, cannot cannot put their clients into crypto because the custodians are not valid according to the SEC and therefore we can't help our clients. Yeah, great point. The firm, that's the Tom Cruise one, right? The, the firm is the the book that eventually had a movie with Tom Cruise in it. Wait, they made a book out of the Tom Cruise movie? They, they made a book out of the Tom Cruise movie. It's a little it's a little bit weird to read it after you've seen the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the The next thing we're looking at is the SEC proposed rule to regulate exchanges. And this is a direct attack on crypto again. Um, and just to lay a little background here in the, the fact sheet and in the rule, the SEC actually says so-called DeFi exchanges, so-called DeFi. And if they weren't tipping their hand to what their intention is before, um, I think that's made it pretty clear. Right. And a lot of what's happening here, of course, the, the comment period was reopened recently and you know discussed kind of at length. And so we will likely be you know, as Planer Dow likely be commenting on this as well. But part of the issue here is the ambiguity that we see here that where the, the, the SEC is trying to regulate, again, so-called DeFi uh, exchanges. And we know, you know, understanding smart contracts and understanding decentralized finance, that sometimes these are protocols, sometimes this is just code that's written out there. And the way that, that you and I are going to interact using that code, it can look like an exchange, it, it it can look like you and I just, you know, trading money back and forth. It can look like the equivalent of I give you cash for some sort of product. And where are we going to, where is an exchange going to begin and a peer-to-peer -peer transfer end, something like that. Uh, and, and it's very Im ambiguous as to how that works. Uh, who needs to collect information from, from clients? Uh, are you going to make code that is literally just computer code collect information? Well, it's really hard to tell computer code what to do. Uh, as, as an entity and uh, the, the, really the, the ambiguity here and the um, obvious lack of understanding from the perspective of, of the SEC as to what what decentralized finance is, I think. Yep. So our so-called regulators are trying to attack so-called DeFi. Um, and luckily, these uh, 
commissioners have their so-called independence. So I'm sure it'll it'll all work out fantastic on that front. And and Adam, the the last area here is stable coins. And um, I think what's unique about this is that it's is that it's not so much the SEC is trying to dictate what's going on. Of course they are, but what's happening is the House has actually introduced a bill to regulate stable coins, and it is in general pretty pro crypto and pro stable coin. And then the SEC and Elizabeth Warren's anti crypto army are fighting against this bill. So um, same attacks, uh, but a little different battlefield on this one. And look, we have to applaud this. This is an attempt actually by Congress to say, here's the actual legislation. We want to pass something such that everyone will know what the rule is. This is not an interpretation of 80-year-old rules like the SEC is doing. This is, we're going to pass a new rule based on the technology as it exists today, based on how people use this today, somewhat based on old banking rules, uh, as as we've seen. But this is actually a much more positive step, in my opinion. The, at least the realization that this isn't going away, we need to figure out how to regulate it so that we can actually have stable coins, so that we can actually have a, you know, a smart contract based dollar that we can program, that we can trade on chain, that can settle immediately, that we can have the transparency. This is actually, in my opinion, a relatively positive step that the House is going forward with. It remains to be seen, one, how long this will take, which I'm guessing is going to take quite a while, and two, what will the end result be? Will the end result be that you, you, there are so many encumbrances on the creation of, a, of an official stable coin that it ceases to have any value? It ceases to, to add any efficiency that we like? That'll be a question. The other question, Steve, is, all right, let's say the, the U.S. has stable coin legislation or stable coin regulation. As we all know, crypto and DeFi works everywhere in the world. It, it works in, you know, self-custodied wallets, I, I think the tough part for the U.S. and, and honestly for, for any jurisdiction, for any geographic jurisdiction is how are you going to regulate something that doesn't exist in any one country? Yep. Yep. I think, yeah, exactly. And I think it's a losing battle. It, it, it And you look at all these together, right? And advisors are sitting here, you know, we follow this stuff and we're still a couple of days behind on, on keeping up with everything that's going on. I have a lot of reading this afternoon and as, as, as do you, I think, you know, and so, you get to this point where it's like, well, what's, what's the point, right? What's the point of trying to get involved in this? And I remember the first time I, uh, I let a wholesaler for structured products into my office and sitting there and just talking about all these CD link notes, links to these made up indexes and all this stuff. And it's not like I couldn't break down kind of what was happening, but about 10 minutes in, I'm like, why? So it's, so it's like, and a new a fixed it's like an index annuity but not and then it's like a bond but not and then it's all these it's just so much complication and i'm sitting there thinking why like if these become necessary i'm sure i'll hear about it by somewhere more mainstream here shortly and you know i i just i worry not worry i don't blame any advisors for feeling that way which is with all this uncertainty and everything under attack and the sec's probably not at the top of the list of people i should piss off why would i even get involved in crypto and, and that's a question that's something we're seeing from a lot of advisors right now is why am I going to do this? And there was a lot more. Why am I going to do this? Of course, several months ago when the market was way down, when, you know, shortly after FTX and mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, so much negative sentiment, not only from debacles like FTX, but also because the market was so far down. Now the market has picked back up. There's still some regulatory uncertainty. And for financial advisors, I completely understand is why am I going to get involved if something can be deemed a token? And you and I haven't even talked about the the hearings for the SEC yesterday. 
that, you know, as you and I are recording this, the, the, the hearings, uh, the, the congressional hearings where um, Chairman uh, Gary Gensler was brought in to testify, in which case that, you know, the Republicans were absolutely, you know, lambasting him. And then the, the you know, Democrats were, were kind of praising him for the work that they've done at the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why financial advisors would be a, a little bit up in the air. Why am I going to take the time to learn this? I'm just going to wait for clear legislation and regulation. And so you and I are here to go, okay, why should people learn? Why should financial advisors learn this at all Yeah. at, at this point when, when we don't have clarity? Yep. Yep. No, that, and that's fair. And, and there's not a lot there and it's totally understandable, right? We are, we are conservative group by nature because um, there's so much regulation and because there's so much at stake with our client assets. Um, you know, luckily there's a big core of us to push this forward who do want to experiment and who are willing to tangle with the SEC to a certain extent. And to go, don't get me wrong, that's not desirable at this point, but it might, but it might be necessary, right? There might have to be a few William Wallace's among us at some point to, uh, <laughs> to you know, to, to, to see what happens here. Um, you know, but, but also I guess the other thing I, I would throw out there is um, a lot of advisors still view it as crypto. Yes. Or crypto. No, instead of, shouldn't you dip your toe into something that's clearly part of the future or at the very least very interesting? Um, and so, you know, I think I'd go back to something that we used to tell advisors a while ago, Adam, which is we're not, we're not saying you have to blast out a, a newsletter article to all your clients saying, Hey, I'm a crypto advisor now, or it's not like you have to start moving millions of dollars, but you know, with a little bit of your own money or some of your good clients, can, can you start to learn this and what it's like and, and what it means to be in this? Um, I guess that's the pitch I would make to those advisors who are wondering if it's worth the hassle, but still have some interest here. Yeah. And I could give several reasons why, you know, of course, I'm a little bit biased, but why it's a good time for advisors to learn. And one is, as you and I have been talking about this, whether it's legislation or regulation, it's going to take years for anything to pass mm-hmm. you know, with the Congress plus the executive branch, the, the um, executive administration we have right now. It will it will take quite a while for any new legislation to pass. It will take quite a while for any of these charges that the SEC is, is leveling against any of these crypto firms to go through. At, by that time, we could very well have a new chair of the SEC. We could very well have a new makeup of the SEC. We could have a new president in office. All of those things could happen, in which case um, crypto could all, all of a sudden be incredibly legal and incredibly well received here in the U.S. within a couple of years. So do you want to be playing catch up at that point or do you want to be the one who's say, who, who's saying, look, I've been learning about this for a couple of years. I think that's number one. Number two is, yeah. well, I'll, I'll let you jump in here, Steve. No, no, that's a great point. I mean, it, it's easy to forget. It, it seems like it's moving so fast because crypto moves fast and this attack is coming fast. But this gray, grayscale suing the SEC that was all the news, I don't know, three months ago, longer, is, is just winding its way through the courts, right? It's just just it's just taking time and, and Coinbase is suing it. Right. And there's just, or they're about to, and this, these things take time and you forget about these big things that are a huge deal. And then they actually enter the legal process and they kind of stop or go in slow motion. And, and, and in the meantime, crypto moves on the, the financial system moves on. Everything just keeps going. So are you, you know, just going to completely say, well, I'm going to wait until all of that is, is complete. And I know exactly how this fits, or are you going to start to learn about it now? The other thing, Steve, is other geogra- other geographic jurisdictions in the world are mm-hmm. actually 
creating legislation and creating regulation. Uh, Europe is voting, I think, today on their uh, MECA rule. Dubai is obviously moving forward. Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, uh, you know, other places in the world are all moving forward with crypto. So we're, you know, the U.S. is either going to be an island, in which case we say very little of this is going to get in and therefore the rest of the world is going to be transacting financially and economically and we're not going to be a part of it, or we're going to be playing catch up in which case other people in the world are going to be able to, to transact and we're not, and, and we're going to have to go, all right, tell us again how we're, we're able to participate in that system. Either way, I feel like U.S. investors are going to have to, are, are going to have to invest in it or want to invest it in, in it at some point. And as an advisor, you're probably going to want to know about what your clients want to invest in. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and Coinbase, I think it was even just today, maybe yesterday, starting to make rumblings about, hey, we may have to move overseas at some point if this hostility hostility continues. And, you know, and France just declared themselves open for crypto. You know, we want to be the innovation zone as did Japan, as you mentioned, as is the UK. Um, again, so other this isn't happening in other parts of the world. The fact that the European Union is laughing at our regulations when, you know, the I heard the joke, it might be stillness from the breakdown or somewhere, but, you know, the, the, the European Union's chief export is regulation. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. And the fact that they're making fun of us and like, what are they doing? I think should tell you something about where we're at. It's it is, you know, stifling innovation has become a bit of a stale kind of talking point or, or maybe term. But it just there's nothing else to, to describe it. They're literally just taking this whole new wave of wealth that could help our country at all income levels and trying to smother it. Exactly. And I'll, Steve, I'll give you one more reason why going towards the, the stifling innovation comment a little bit. Uh, I'll give you one more reason why I think it's it's incumbent and a good idea for advisors to start learning this. Again, this is very biased in that I actually teach courses and we have a certification around it. But yeah. I think anyone who has studied it, anyone who has tried to learn crypto, anyone who's learned about why Bitcoin exists and why ETH exists and, and all of those things, likely has a, has a better understanding of the U.S. economic system and the world economic system and what is happening with banks and what is happening with fractional reserve banks, what happened with SVB and Signature a few weeks or a few months ago, and what is happening with the world financial system. I I feel like I have a better understanding of that because of learning crypto than I did before. And I know that might sound a little silly, but in order to understand why Bitcoin works and why ETH works and why you need instant settlement, why that's a good thing, why transparency is a good thing. You have to go back and go, why do we have a, why, why do we have a banking system that works Monday through Friday, nine to five? That doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to go, what is the real value of the dollar? Like, how am I comparing it to what Bitcoin is worth or what USDC is worth? And why does the rest of the world care about a stable coin that's denoted in a dollar? And if you ask those questions then you go, oh, well, I understand now a little bit more about why why we should maybe be a little bit worried that russia and china and iran and india are all getting together and trading in something that isn't the dollar and in the absence of that if i just go about my financial service career and don't think about things like that then three four years down the road i'm going to be stuck with a a bunch of products and and you know investment options for my clients that are going to be a little bit archaic because i'm not going to have followed up with what was happening in the world so i i honestly think the education that you and i have and, and that others who have taken our courses and others that, that have just learned crypto have is uh, a better understanding of the U.S. and the world economic system. 
Yeah, I know that I learned more in two years in crypto than I did in a previous, you know, 17 or 18 years of being a, a financial advisor. So I will second that. So we'll go ahead and leave it there. Well, the takeaway here, I think, is a couple things. One, there's a lot going on. And so try to take them one at a time and know that even as it comes fast and furious, the implementation and the court challenges and everything slow this back down. So you'll have time to catch up. Uh, I think the second tech takeaway is that the firm is a pretty good movie, but it, it's no Pelican brief. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, well, I, I think we can. I mean, I, yeah. I'll, I'll take Denzel over Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, I will too. I think that's an easy one. All right. Yeah, thanks and, for and look, you, look you, you threw in a Braveheart reference too. As long as we're yeah. going with 90 movies, I, I'm glad you threw in a Braveheart reference. The last thing I'll say, Steve, is uh, based on whenever you're listening to this, remember that on, on Monday, April 24th, we're actually going to have SEC Commissioner Hester Peirce, uh, a webinar for Planner Dow to talk about some of these issues. So yep. this is actually really good timing uh, if you're listening to this right now and it's before April 24th. Uh, yep. After that, we'll likely have a recording of it. Yep. And we'll find out if my idea to put it as a LinkedIn event was a good idea or or if I torpedoed us, Adam. So only, only future us knows. We'll see. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time and hopefully Monday as well.